Hello, welcome to Tape Deck. This is episode 7. Shit, is it episode 7? I think it's episode 7. Okay, I'm going to quite quickly check. You can keep this in or not, it's up to you. Like, okay. Yeah, episode 6 was my Perkins, yeah. So yeah, this is episode 7. Edited or not edited, I'm not sure. Um, but uh, yeah, this week, uh, or this month, uh, this episode, we I'm talking to Emma Price. Uh, Emma is a graphic designer and illustrator. She was the graphic designer on Savage Town, which is the first graphic, the first uh, creator-owned graphic novel I wrote, and as well as other great pod, great comics like uh, Angelic, Cry Havoc, and is currently working on Coffin Bound with Dan Waters and Danny. Uh, Emma and I were both at the Lakes Festival a couple of months ago, so um, we took some time aside from the show and uh, had a bit of an old chat. So um, here it is. Enjoy. <laughs> Welcome to Tape Deck. Gonna have a creative conversation. Hey, Emma, thanks for joining me here on Tape Deck. You're welcome. Thank you for inviting me. Um, we're here at the Lakes, uh, what's it called? The Lakes International Comics Festival? Yeah, Lakes International Comics Art Festival. Like half. Okay, like half. What, what you, have you been here before? No, this is our first time. Yeah, same here. It's really like nice and relaxed and I feel bad I'm not really like working. Like normally the show you're like doing lots of stuff. Here it's just kind of hanging out, doing a bit of work, hanging out. That's nice. It's a nice balance. You don't have to constantly be doing things, but you're doing bits and pieces here and there. Yeah. And it has felt like you've been all over the place. You've been doing, you know, doing bits and pieces every time I've seen you. You've been quite oh, busy. Oh, here? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, not really. I just did <laughs> two things yesterday and two things today. It's nice. Fun. Yeah, it's grand. Um, but I realise it's my seventh UK show this year. I don't think I knew there were seven I d- UK There shows. are a lot of shows. It was at Dunfermline and... There was a Salopia, there was a Glasgow, um, this one, what was it before? Uh, somewhere else, I don't know, I think there's top of, oh, I think top to of, to be fair, there are quite a lot, yeah, when you take into account, like, is it Bristol and Portsmouth and, Portsmouth you know, did as yes, well, yeah. yeah. Oh, was that good? I missed that. Uh, <laughs> it, oh, the first year was great, I didn't, I didn't have as good a time the second year, but I know sometimes I'm not sure you should go to show two years in a row. Yeah, let's have a break. Yeah, well, also, if you signed everything for somebody that, you know, unless you've got lots of stuff mm. out the following year. But anyway, um, uh, yeah, I was uh, looking up your website and uh, so you described yourself as an in, in, interdisciplinary. That's M- not the word. Multidisciplinary. Multidisciplinary. That's even harder. <laughs> um, multidisciplinary. multidisciplinary. I can't really say okay. that. Multidisciplinary graphic designer. Okay. There we go. So what is that? What would what like? Because I know you do lots of different stuff. I know you did like a lot of branding work. You did a lot of websites. Like, um, what? How would you describe it best? So I guess it's because uh, I I don't specialize in one thing. I do. I've got quite a broad range of skills. So um, I've worked in publications. I've um, worked on magazine design, trading cards. Um, I've worked on sort of motion graphic design um, for film studios, did a lot of social media campaigns for people like Disney. Mm. So, um, and that started off as being quite static media. Um, and then it just, as as they, as social media sort of um, escalated and expanded and people use it more and more, they, the studios wanted more. So, so they how, wanted like how video ago, stuff. How long ago was this, like four years ago? I went um, freelance in 2012. And before that I was with BBC Magazine. So that's okay. when I was working on Doctor Who, um, Artwork. So was magazine. that many print stuff at the time? Yeah, that yeah. was yeah. So that was a, a trading card game. Okay. And a Partwork magazine, and I did a bunch of illustrations for that as well, which was nice. Um, so sort of um, these hypothetical slam down battles between different Doctor Who characters. Okay. Which was quite fun. Yeah. Like getting to actually draw official Doctor Who. I, actually, I remember you telling me at the time. Yeah. Because yeah, you're a big Doctor Who fan. Yeah. No, I don't get it. You don't get Do Doctor Who. I know a lot of people don't, but it's. I think it's something that's so fundamental to the. I want to say English rather than British well, sensibility. I, I like. think. I think that might be why I don't like it. You know, like I mean, because the English are evil, and no. Yeah, no, no, that's <laughs> um, true. That's so true. I think it was. But it I is. Mean, it's about colonialism. Like yeah, the Doctor yeah, is yeah. just this this um, guy who manages to go through time and space 
um, doing whatever the hell he wants because he's essentially, or has been until yeah. the, the last year, um, he's been a, a white guy. Mm. So he can, he can flip through time and space yeah. and pretty much have no repercussions except for the, you know, the obvious, the big escalated sure, sure. and stuff. Um, but but what I always liked about it though was that it, you know, it's new sci-fi ideas. Like there's always something different. Mm. Every, every, I think mm. that's really cool. And it is crazy like the, how much it's part of like British culture as well. Like it's like tea time viewing and stuff. It's just me growing up, I mean, I didn't really have BBC for the first, like when I was younger, like if, if you had the channels as we called them, yeah. maybe you were like, you were pretty high and mighty with your fancy channels because <laughs> you could pay for them, you know? Um, because we have like RTE and Network 2 at the time, but that was really it. So if you had the British channels, you're basically considered posh. Um, oh God, I didn't even think about that, of course, because we just get, you know, you pay your TV license yeah, and then you yeah. get your channels. So it's the same, except we don't have access to the British, British stuff, stuff, you know? Yeah. And as well, if you could afford Sky and stuff, you were like, oh, well, excuse so me. Yeah, but then we remember we got Sky and had Star Trek every day. Oh, oh good, uh, good just times. Just repeats again and again. Oh, yeah, no, it was great. But, um, uh, right, but yeah, as regards to you. Um, so a lot of people don't get Star Trek. I mean, I love no, the that's great, true. But, yeah. yeah. But then it's, it's, it's again, you draw parallels with Star Trek, Doctor Who, Buffy, some of the most amazing, not just uh, sci-fi stories, but some of the most incredible stories yeah. in those shows. And yet some of the most awful ones as well. <laughs> but I think, you know. I think like, you know, genre with a capital G stuff puts people off. I remember when, um, I think I've even said this on the podcast before, uh, that uh, I remember when Lost was on and so was Battlestar Galactica and everybody was watching Lost and nobody was watching Battlestar Galactica yeah. you know because and I think it was because it was spaceships mm. and because I was saying oh, that's you know it's a really good drama series it's like oh well you know it's sci-fi I'm like you realise Lost is sci-fi right I'm like no it's not <laughs> it's, they're travelling through time and there's a cloud monster how is it not science fiction so, but it's weird if, if people didn't see it as that they just saw it as a kind of like a more weirdly kind of crazy drama series yeah. but it, like so but anything i think like buffy great drama series but had monsters in it which some people were like and it would just put other people way off mm. it's interesting but um so how did you start getting into that like if you're starting with like in magazines and then moved into the branding stuff did uh, you have to go to college so i went to university in 2004 god that was a long time ago um and i studied fine art of all things really yeah me too London. Yeah. <laughs> do you hate fine art now as well? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although we do have the Turner Prize um, at oh. the gallery near us at the moment in okay. Margate. And uh, it's been really interesting to go around there and sort of having to defend it as art to yeah. my my father, who is very much a case of like, this isn't art. Yeah. Like, yeah, it is. Just well, because it's not new. Anyway, that's a yeah. whole other conversation. It, it, it is. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think I found, uh, I found art college frustrating because... I wanted to basically learn how to draw and get off with girls. Those were my two main priorities because I, I came from <laughs> I came from an all boys Catholic school, so it was the first time I was ever really around yeah. girls, you know. But I also wanted to like learn how to draw and get yeah. technically better. But I know what it's like for you. But our college was it wasn't about that at all. It was more about conceptual work and you know your ideas and you know um, your your like I again I had no opinions. of so seventeen when I started college, so I just. You know, it's not what I was hoping it would be. I'm completely with you. Like the course that we were supposed to be on was supposed to be a traditional fine arts course that was, mm. you know, very much about exploring um, technical skill. And then our very small college um, called Byam Shaw School of Art was bought by one of the big sprawling universities in London, University mm. of the Arts London. And we got rope, like sort of roped into um, Central St. Martins. So we became under them and they already had a fine arts course. Yeah. So over the summer they were like, hey, by the way, we're now part of Central St. Martins, but mm -hmm. you're going to be the conceptual course. And I was like, that is not the course yeah. that I applied for. Yeah. Um, so yeah, pay, similar. Because back then, I mean, you used to pay for college as well. Don't yes. You? Yeah. yeah. It was not as much as. It is now. It is now. Yeah. Not as much as my brother had to pay. Um, but I mean, frankly, he, he, he did physics and he's now earning a lot of money. Well, so. it's fine. It worked out fine. <laughs> Um, it paid off for him but um, I for me it certainly was not what I had been hoping because I, I did very photorealistic painting um, I really enjoyed painting and I got on really well I was always like held up as the artist at school and like I got 100% in my A-levels and was really excited but went to art school and basically got told that 
They don't want to see this chocolate box artwork. They want to, you know, there was no acknowledgement that, okay, do you know what? You can paint, you've got skill, but we don't want to see this from you. We want you to do something different. And I didn't appreciate that at the time. Yeah. Um, I was was saying, like, I want to draw comics. And, you know, when I went for my interview, I was like, we don't do comics here. (laughs) Um, I'm like, okay, thanks. But, I mean, it was good for me because it got me to look at other stuff, like look at painting, look at printmaking. And read, you know, postmodern books and like stuff that I just wouldn't have had access to. And it, um, I said before that like it took me once I finished college, I basically started drawing like I was when I was seventeen again. It took like two years when like all the messing around I did in college yeah. kicked in, and it made my drawing much more interesting. It's like I had to just fuck around for a while, and I didn't realize in ten years, in five years, I would have learned from that. Yeah. It doesn't really feel like it at the time because you're you're in the middle of it. Like it's just frustrating to not. Yeah, and you feel like people it. aren't necessarily kind of giving you the benefit of the doubt. Mm. You know, you're saying, "Look, I've got this 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 capability, and I want to explore this," but they're not interested. If they're not interested in it, then they don't encourage you. And, yeah. and I found it quite narrow in in that regard um, until my final year when um, we had a visiting tutor. And he actually really encouraged me to look into comics. Okay. And I hadn't read comics since I was probably like, you know, about eight or nine, because mm. I blitzed my way through Asterix and Tintin growing up. Yes. You know, we had the Funday Times, which is like a Sunday okay. pull out of the magazine. Mm-hmm. Um, the Beano, Dandy, and all that. So, you know, I grew up with that stuff. Yeah. And then I didn't really know anyone growing up that read comics. Mm. Um, Where are you from originally? Uh, the Midlands, so okay. Northamptonshire. Mm-hmm. Funnily enough, Alan Moore territory. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Right under um, your nose. Yeah. Oh, he uh, he was actually like went to school with my parents' friends or something very random like that. Um, it's always so weird to hear you. Yeah. You assume that people like that are just formed from the ether. Yes. You know, like, yeah. wait, they had parents. <laughs> yeah, parents. No, we had this very very embarrassing thing where I admitted to Sai, my husband, that um, growing up we used to go hang around Northampton town centre and we'd see this guy wandering through the town centre yeah. with a staff and a cloak and a hat and we'd be like, all right, Gandalf. <laughs> and uh, unfortunately, obviously, Sai knows Alan and we have been to his house for tea and he did decide to tell him. He's like, well, <laughs> do you know I cursed you so that one day you would marry a comic writer? <laughs> well, yeah, he, he, he won out. I, just, I would love it if you like, when you showed up at the door and you actually went, all right, Grandad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Hey, it's you. Oh god, that's hilarious. But um, yeah, we were. But so that was your that was your exposure to comics as a kid. Yes. Yeah, and it so, wasn't until so, university. So yeah, you got that back. I then got back into. Because I remember we met. I remember we met drunkenly one night in London. We were trying to find a place that was open past eleven, which is impossible in London. Jesus. But um, yeah. yeah, it was you, me, and Jock, and I think um. Lee Garbus. Yeah, that would have been like Kapow. It was maybe? Kapow, yeah. Yeah, I remember. Because I, I think it was, it's one of the only London shows I ever, I ever did. Yeah. But, but yeah, but I didn't. That's the first time I ever met you. So I don't know. I can't remember what. Was, was that 2012? That. I think that was 2012. Probably was. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So what, that, were, what were you doing there? Uh, what right do you have to go to a company? Oh my God, God damn it. Well, so university, final yeah. year, I had this visiting tutor and he really encouraged me to look into comics. Like there was a guy called David Blandy who did um, quite like uh, autobiographical comics. He's more in the art world than he is mm-hmm. in comics. Um, I've never really seen his name come up in comics. It's very, yeah, very art, art, arts focused. And I managed to do comic, basically do a comic and sort of like this like blown out, exploded um, kind of enormous perspex comics panels as yeah. part of my final major project. And then ended up going into working to um, a publisher um, and um, Realizing I had to make some money if I wanted to live in London, and they let me like Why is London expensive. <laughs> um, well, I don't need that anymore. So yeah, <laughs> but uh, realized I had to make some money, and this publisher let me learn on the job essentially, and they gave me a little bit. And lo- I was super lucky that my parents were still able to afford to help me out yeah. with rent and stuff like that. Um, but a lot of people don't get that opportunity. No, it's something I'm more aware of now as well. Because I, I, when I was, uh, I was living in Limerick after college, and I was, you know, on the dole working working my portfolio. I was able to get by on nothing. You yeah. know, Like basically nothing. I don't know how people do. Look, like even cheap places are expensive now. You know, yeah. I don't know how somebody like a kid can like really concentrate on developing their craft 
and not have like a full time job that pulls you away from it. I'm I'm just not. Yeah, it's not sure mad. How. Um, I yeah, like I say, I was super super lucky that I had that. You know, I had them some money coming in, but not enough to live in London. But, yeah. Um, I then managed to get a job working um, at Titan. Um, right. So I worked in their studio um, as a junior designer. Um, didn't last very long because I realized that I, again I couldn't actually afford to live on what they were paying <laughs> so so as soon as I got the um I got the job at BBC BBC Worldwide working on their um Doctor Who magazine and trading cards okay and that meant I could suddenly afford to live and I was just like you know I said to them look this is how much they're gonna age can you match it and they're like no <laughs> sorry this is comics so yeah so um yeah I had to I didn't stay at Titan for very long which is a shame because I, I made some really really lovely friends um, lifelong friends from Titan um really really good people um and then I went freelance in 2012 and went and worked on um Film marketing. Okay. Um, for a so company. and how did you just like? Oh, I guess I just, guess imagine, imagine you meet people in London. Yeah, and it's and just, just through friends. Like friends yeah. of friends said, you know, my friends going freelance. I had a portfolio. They were willing to kind of test me out on a few things, and I basically, I mean, they were a, a client that I ended up working with. Them still until up up until I had my kid. Um, um, just over a year ago they you know I was still working with them like literally yeah. the week before I oh, gave birth so <laughs> they were um, great and I got to work on some really fun things like we did a bunch of stuff with Thor Ragnarok and oh, cool. um, you know we'd done like green screen experiences for Comic Con um, where you go and you like you your photo taken um, mm. and they give you fireballs I saw that for the Heroes Reborn yeah. and all those things yeah, yeah that really, looks know. fun they were. They yeah. was. It's also really you fun. A, you get a pretty cool profile pic out of it. Yes, like, exactly. Uh, yeah. yeah, you actually do look like a you know a, a, a sci-fi character. But um, so what made you want to move? Like, I mean, so you were you were had were interested in comics, but like, what? When did you realize there was like a mix between design and? So I guess comics? I realized um, I get what I've missed out is that when I was um, working at Titan, I was also also still quite involved in like small press comics in, yeah. in London. So there was at the time there was um, a, a little sort of group called London Underground Comics, and they did small press shows. Um, and I got to know people through that, and I guess I got to know people like Jock and Lee and um, that kind of crowd through um, Ellie Graham, who used to work at Titan. She was an she was a, an editor at Titan, okay. and she had worked quite closely with Mark Miller and um, and Jock on various yeah. things with them. Um, so I met them. Through through her and through Steve White, um, who was working at Titan sure. at the time, um, and we just all we all got on really well. Um, you know, it's because the, the British comics crowd is quite quite close. Yeah. Um, you know, we're not a huge island. <laughs> no, no. I mean, it's like the same way you got. You know, we, you've got the Irish clan. Yeah, like, which is pretty everyone... you know, noticeably smaller. I mean, to, to us, to me, the UK seems so much bigger. But then you go every year and it gets much smaller and smaller yes. and smaller. Yeah. Right? Yeah, you know, you go to enough things and you just get to be friendly mm. with people. Yeah, exactly. And you sort of, you build up these friendships and yeah, you might only see people three or four times a year at various shows or drinks in London or whatever. But um, yeah, you, you build up some pretty good friendships, which is Yeah, nice. like I see my mother that much a year and not, we still get on fine. Exactly, you know? exactly. Yeah, my parents moved to France uh, last Did year, they? so... Uh, yeah, that's pretty, pretty much how Right after you have a baby. <laughs> oh, yeah, right after you have a baby, like, that's, we're going to France. That's great <laughs> Oh, by the way, Brexit's happening. Yeah, yeah. Hey, that's not actually too bad. We did, we lasted quite a while before I brought up Brexit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just to put, yeah, I'll, I'll check on the time. I'll check on the time stamp. But, um, but I remember, like, uh, uh, I think the first the first thing you did for comics was that, or like, what, as yourself as a, as a solo designer, was it the Cry Havoc book? Or um, yeah, I had sort of done a, a logo for size. I mean, a lot of this is down to, I guess, being in relationship to with Sai, in yeah. that he's he's sort of always been a bit of a, a champion for me, which is really nice. Like, you know, he's always stuck behind my my ability. Um, so he, when he decided that he wanted to make Cry Havoc with Ryan Kelly, he wanted to get me to do the design, which is fake because well, I hadn't designed a full comic before. I'd worked on magazines, obviously, but that's yeah. not necessarily the same. Um, I'd designed a couple of logos. I did Disenchanted for Avatar, which was the it was like a free um, comic okay. that I did with Avatar online. Right, right. Um, and did the logo? Oh, looking back at it. It's, appalling but 
It was a never look back. You know, it. never, Always never looking again. forward. It was yeah, it was so important. But then yeah, worked on Great Havoc, um, and then worked um, on Angelic uh, with Cy and Casper. And you were very kind, and you came along and asked me to get involved in Savage Town, which was awesome because that was really nice to work on something with a completely different group of people. Like yeah. genuinely, it's it's really nice to to do that and see what it's like working with different teams. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I remember seeing Cry Havoc, and well, because from my point of view, I don't know how to do it. Like on the next book, I'm trying to yeah, how you figure it out. Uh, <laughs> nah. uh, I, mean, I bought a design. That's that's all I need to do, right? Um, no, I, I figured. I think I figured out the cover, but like all the inside and stuff. I I'm, I I've talked to somebody I know who used to work at Image, uh, and she she was a designer there. So I'm going to talk to her about like helping, giving her something to work on, that's and also cool. help me kind of train. To figure yeah. it out, I, I think you know, I realized in the last couple of, couple of years, uh, you know, I was so dependent on others as regards colorists or designers and stuff. Which I mean, I'm perfectly happy to hire a designer, but I, I don't like that I I can't do it. You know, if I choose, you want to be able to, yeah, I want to be able to do it. Then be able to delegate. Yeah. If that worst case scenario, I can always put a book together. Is is kind of like where I want to be. Yeah. And then you know, hire people because I choose to, not because I need to. But you don't have to be good at that. Like you know, you've got. Your skill, which is the the the, the artwork, you know. Yeah. That's... Don't hold me back, Alan. No, no, right? I let know, me, but let me let me fly. Do what you want okay. to do, man. No, I was, I was talking, I was, I was talking to Mooney about the spread. No, I, I know I don't. Uh, it just bothered me that I couldn't. I mean, I've done yeah. lettering. I hate it, and I'll never do it again. Uh, and I'm enjoying colouring yeah, no, now. I'm not down but I'm, I was talking to Mooney before, and he's like, "Why don't you just do it yourself one time?" And I was like, "Ah, well, you know, I don't really think I'm good as good at design." He's like, "You design covers all the time, like." Like it's not the same, but it's like the same principle. Why don't you just try it? So I'm I'm trying to do that just to again flex the muscles yeah. and expand my skill set a bit, um, and then never do it again. <laughs> but um, it's it's crazy though how much you learn when you realise that actually, you know getting into things like I look at the difference between cry havoc and coffin bound and think like God, you know, and there's loads of logos actually that haven't ever seen the light of day. And between those things, mm. um, that's that's. The weird thing is that I've done so many things that just haven't even actually been... Oh, it's never made it to print, yeah. really? Um, yeah, because people Ugh. have very kindly come and said, you know, we want to pitch. And, and it doesn't And then it doesn't, doesn't go through. Okay. Um, but that happens all over. But, you know, working in um, marketing, I mean, you see that kind of thing. Just churn stuff out, probably. But you, you see that sort of... You pitch and pitch and pitch um, with to studios and... You don't. A lot of them you don't get because it's like such a competitive market. Um, I mean, I should be doing the whole bill here, bill here. Cause, you know, you work in marketing, go kill yourself, whatever. But you know, it pays yeah. the bill. Where is he you now? have to. Sometimes where is he now? Dead. dead. Right, so who's really who's winning? Laughing, you know? Yeah, Mister um, <laughs> Comedian. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. Sometimes it can be a little bit soul destroying when you've done the like the twentieth. There are two days to go until this film is out. Perfect oh, yeah, yeah. for the eleventh film. But, but I mean, um, you know, you did that for me with Savage Town too. Like, and I, I did it myself for the yeah, announcing yeah. the book. And I'm like, I feel like such a twat doing this. But at the same time, but you're getting all the stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like people are like, oh, what is it? And you, it's the, it's marketing. It's get, to get people yeah. talking. And you know, I think like as a as a creator, and um, you know, that's that side of things makes you uncomfortable because you you know. I'll support somebody else, like the way that Sai will support you. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. he wants, he wouldn't support talk himself up the way he would talk about somebody else whose work he likes. And we're all the same because it's just inherently, you're just a jammy bastard if you do it, like, you know? And I was like, because it's just fucking great. But it's a really underestimated skill. Oh, it or, is. Or yeah. aspect to yeah. the whole part of creating a comic is that yeah. you have to be a and good also, salesperson. If you're, if, you're, if you're trying to make work, if you're trying to tell stories and sell them, you are effectively in business and yeah. business needs to be promoted effectively. Yeah. And we can't, I mean, some can. Like I was talking to Gareth earlier on and clearly like he just says and does fucking no interest in any of that. Mm-hmm. That's great. But he also came over to time where he didn't need to. Yeah, and he was and, super lucky that he caught, got caught up in that niche at the time yeah. and never had to kind of go in at that sort of like, you know, he never had to go the image route. Mm-hmm. To, it was just the competition wasn't, yeah. I mean, there's always competition, but now there's, there's people who are, I would say, better at branding than they are at their, at their skill set yeah. that's happening these days. Um, I think it was something Jamie said is like that the uh, on you say on Twitter that um, the amount of people who are who've got their game together way more than we did we did and he's right in that but I don't think they necessarily 
they all have the chops quite yet. You know, like they're doing more work on the branding than they are the actual yeah. product. Not the, everybody. The bark is. Uh, yeah, you know, um, but like, yeah, and I don't mean sparkly. that as a broad stroke. I just mean like it's. Uh, I would say it's probably 50-50 you know there's amazing people there's amazing people who cancel themselves and there's there's terrible people who, who cancel themselves the people who can sell themselves generally tend to do better you know yeah yeah uh, and it's just it's the market is saturated yeah um, for sure. and it's being able to shift through things and if someone else is shouting louder than than you then did, did you do any like extra marketing stuff for Coffin Bound for Dan and Danny not really um, I think because it's Dan's first, I think I'm right in saying it's Dan's first um, creator-owned book. Certainly it's worth with Image. No, Limbo was his first. Oh God, of course. Yeah, Casper. you were a terrible person. Oh my God, sorry. Sorry, Dan. Sorry, Casper. <laughs> yeah. I love Limbo. It's beautiful. They, were, they are not going to let that go. Sorry. <laughs> no, but Please definitely, blame baby but, brain because but, I basically have no sleep this weekend. <laughs> sure, that's your excuse for everything. Um, but no, like, I mean, Dan, that was their kind of introduction and then yes. they've kind of like it's different like Casper has a whole professional career now and so does Dan in like other fields and like it's great to see them level, level yeah up, exactly like. I think Dan's just uh, been so busy with um, everything that he's doing at the moment um, that he's barely let his feet touch the ground with um, Coffin Bound like he's been blown away by um the fact that you know the first issue went to multiple printings and yeah i don't know how you know, we, we, this was not a cynical thing because yeah. we were getting uh we were getting requests like on the day that they wanted to put through another printing saying hey have you got another yeah. cover we're like yeah. no because we didn't think we'd have to so we just literally changed the color of the, the main yeah cover. Well, i remember talking to a friend once before i started an image book and it's like what would you know because they did loads i was like what would you recommend and they were saying just have multiple covers just have have illustrations yeah. uh, in the bank because guarantee you're just going to need them be it promotion or another cover or whatever yeah. just have them done because when you need them is when you won't have time to do them because you're in the middle of doing the book at that stage yeah exactly know? and it was and it has been rad and unfortunately since I uh, had a had a kid it has been harder I have to be honest about that I haven't been able to just react to someone straight away that day because I don't always have someone to look after Oz and yeah. he's not it's not like you can just sit him in a corner and say, be a good child, yeah. because he will go and eat the paper off the floor. Yeah. Or the DVD or whatever. So... But I guess in a good, in a good way, it forces you to not... Because, like, you know, before, you just do it and you would stay up all night and we'd, like you'd yeah. work yourself ragged to get stuff done. You physically can't do that because you have to look after somebody else. So yeah. it kind of stops you from... You know, over over exerting yourself to a certain extent. Because I assume being a mother, it's very easy. Yes, it's yeah, it's just piece of piss. So easy. And by that, I mean there's pee everywhere. Definitely not rocking in my chair back and forth regularly. Um, No, he's um, he's great, and it does mean that you have to be very organised. So I think I've probably been um, putting more pressure on Dan and Danny than I than they're probably used to. So I've been going, hey guys, are we thinking about the trade? Which is not it's not a bad thing. Like you know, like I I, so the stage I remember because we were doing Savage Town, everything was being put together time for print basically. You know, yeah. And so I know what I learned like for the bookmark is better to have stuff done way ahead of time. So the next thing I'm doing is finished. It's all done. Nice. And it's not out till April. Very Um, nice. But now I do I do the design stuff still, but the actual book itself is is done lettered, uh, coloured and everything. Amazing. Um, So that'll be. I'm like I've loads all the time in the world. I've cut to February. I'm like, (laughs) yeah, I gotta put it together. But um, but I mean, like, it's tough because there's so much to do. But I mean, if you can, like, I I I did the cover for that book in January. Nice. You know, because I had, I wanted to start getting things moving. I think I was in a bit of a funk with work, so I wasn't really being as productive. And I figured, just get this done because it's going to be needed at some stage. So you know, if, the times where you can do that, it's it's good to do it. And if you can be like, you know, can we talk about the trade? Yeah, can we be proactive? Like, and and actually, like raising those questions does bring out other other questions. Like, um, we've decided that okay, well, actually, there is going to be. An, uh, another series potentially or, or maybe there isn't I don't know it's it's yeah. difficult to know but you know asking those questions early means that you can have those um, those discussions about what you're going to do in the future you can plan for it to go either way and yeah. maybe it doesn't go the way you want but at least if it does then you don't have to scramble because there's so yes. much of it is just scrambling like what are we going to do yeah you know? yeah exactly and you just you have to be proactive and, 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 and make those um, 
make those steps um, early on now, which I just wasn't, I wasn't that prepared with. You're you're doing out of necessity now, so that's good. Yeah, it is good. It is good. Um, Unfortunately, like clients don't always, aren't always able to be as um, preemptive as that, I think. Mm -hmm. So that I haven't really worked with the, um, like the film studios since, um, since having ours because they are such a, it's such a stressful workload. Yeah. Like a, a lot of stuff, the turnover is so quick. Um, and I just realized I was like, I can't, I can't bring myself to do that anymore. Yeah. Um, certainly not at the moment. Must be, I mean, between the two of you, you must be doing, oh, like, oh, you don't it's need fine. to take all, you don't need to take every job, you know? I, I tell myself that. Uh, but I'm super proud. Like, I hate relying on Sai all the time. I'm like, but it's not, nah. I mean, it's not, it's not relying. I mean, like, you know, I'm sure. We're like, a team. Yeah, we're exactly. Team. You, you have to yeah, be, you know. Exactly. Especially because you're both freelancers and you're both, I mean, you're assuming you're both at home. Yeah. The cycle out to, 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 to ride. He doesn't. I'm trying to convince him that going out of, uh, to an office every so often is, would be a healthy, useful yeah. thing to do. Just trying to get rid of him. But, uh, <laughs> well, I think as Oz, is, as Oz gets bigger, he's going to know that daddy's upstairs in the office hmm. and he's going to find it harder to leave him alone right now I can yeah, distract him but he to... lo- you know he's all like oh mummy mummy's all I want to be with so he yeah. can he can kind of leave Sai alone but I think the older he gets he's going to be like I'm going upstairs and yeah. I'm going to irritate but, the hell out of daddy yeah so, that's, I mean uh, how, do, yeah, how does Mooney have that uh, well I mean I, I'm not there all the time but like um, <laughs> I mentioned I was Declan get the fuck out of here <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, I think because I think uh, they put uh, Charlie in daycare for some of the day. Yeah. So he's able to get work done that way, and then it'll be picked up at some at some stage. But I think it's it's harder it's hard for him at the moment because he's doing a Marvel book that's very tight deadlines. Um, yeah. But I mean, I know that him being at home after uh, after uh, his son was born was was a big help to his wife. Uh, Jackie. Yes, so I'm it, underplaying that. Like, it has been amazing. Like, I know. Well, I hadn't even thought of it. She said one time, like, you know, like if you have to go to the toilet, like, you can't bring the child with you. You can't leave him on the couch because yep. what will happen? Like, I remember her saying, like, I don't know how people who, who like, you know, their husbands at work while they're at they home. They take like, the child into the toilet. Like, okay, I, well, I'm not even going to, I should be, sorry, yeah. everyone, but, you know, I have had to take Oz and sit yeah. him on my lap while I go to the loo, because nice. you don't have a choice. It's okay, he's um, just going to have a lot of weird fetishes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you say that, we took him into the <laughs> uh, Tom and Finland <laughs> exhibition yesterday, yeah. which was, like, incredibly hardcore porn. So, uh, yeah, How was it when he saw the penises? Thing. Oh, yeah, he looked up at the pictures and was like, Daddy! <laughs> uh, so Simon was particularly happy about that one. No, um, it's, uh, but yeah, no, I it's it's tough, and I, I am lucky that Sai is there to help out in emergencies, and he's been amazing. Yeah, like he's at home, so he can cover he can cover the slack. You know, if you just need to sleep for five minutes, whatever it is. Yeah, you know, you know he he's he's often the cook. Like he'll sort out dinner and stuff. Um, and yeah, we've we've got a good balance. Like it's not it's not easy. I'm not going to pretend it's easy because it's not. Yeah. Um, but we are making it work, and we've got a super cool little kid. So. Yeah. Um, and he's just sort of getting into art books and stuff now. Like okay, he yeah. uh, apparently has been learning about dinosaurs at his nursery this week. Uh, uh, and he came home and saw the uh, the beautiful book on dinosaur paleo art that Steve White edited. Uh, and he looked at it and was like, ah, he started talking me through the dinosaurs yeah. in his little like. It, it, it gets fun too because it's where like you know, start getting picture books, new friends who are illustrators, and yes. you know, like that kind of stuff's you know nice. Uh, yeah, and there are some beautiful kids books mm. out there. Yeah. yeah. Really well, I, I was I was talking to Nick Roach last weekend, and he and his kids are older now. I think uh, it's like, I'm getting it wrong, but it's like five and seven or something. Mm. Uh, and I think he's having problems because yeah, especially when they're older as well. They're like, why isn't Daddy here? But because mm. they're not like I remember, like my generation is the father. Well, my kids' father left and they come back, but but generally they you go to work and then they come back. And when yeah. they come back, they don't talk to you because they're you know the primary and. Uh, uh, the earner so yeah. they're wrecked and it's the mother like traditionally it's, like, it's the mother's job to do that yeah. and things have just changed so much you know like I see dads with kids being dads which is I'm not saying it never happened before but like not, when I was younger that just wasn't the case not so much definitely know? yeah but um, as regards uh, the work that you're doing like so where what are you probably working on now since you're since you've limited time are you just doing the stuff that like can work to your schedule? Well, I'm working on, so I'm still working on Cup and Bound. We're doing the trade at the moment. Um, and um, 
whatever happens after that. Um, I'm working on another um, title at the moment, but it hasn't been announced, so okay. can't talk about that. Fair enough. Um, and I'm also working so, uh, on... Well, it, it, the thing you can't talk about, let's talk about that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, are you in a stage where you're, are you like generating ideas now or... Yeah. I remember when we were working on Savage Town, you sent like, you know, like actual hand-drawn sketches at first. Yeah, and... so I've done a few of those. Um, it's not quite going... Like it's, they haven't seen the thing that they want yet, so mm-hmm. we're having, having a bit of a break because the artists haven't quite caught up on the issues that they need okay. to do. Mm-hmm. Um, when, when, when do you get to a stage where you're feeling like it's, it's working and that the team are gelling with it? Um, well, I'm waiting. I'm currently, I've sent over a bunch of sketches um, and I'm waiting for feedback on those. Um, we're sort of, you know, we're going through back and doing a few back and forths on, mm-hmm. on that at the moment. Um, and just waiting on uh, some artwork to kind of see if that helps um, crystallise any of the ideas, really. Well, there's um, one thing I wanted to ask you, uh, which I know is a ridiculous question, but I have a reason for asking you is, where did you get your ideas? Because <laughs> um, I wonder what the, I mean, specifically regarding comics, because that's, that's the work of yours I really know yeah. the, the best. I mean, do you need, I mean, if I'm doing if I'm doing a cover to a book, I I like to maybe see the issue if it's done. Sometimes it's not done, but if it is, I like to like look at it and see the yeah. artworking. And you know, stuff will shake loose. If there's nothing at all, that can be tougher because you're working with a very broad concept. So you can't be doing anything specific. Like, yeah. but, but you want it to feed from the actual book. Like, you don't want to do the logo in the book and plonk it on. No, but that was but, but also, that's you, kind you of don't how... just do the logo, right? Like with the coffin band, are you doing like all the, the doing all the interiors? And, yeah. yeah. So I mean, this is the the fundamental thing of what I try and talk about when um, I do my talk about designing comics is that it should feel like an extension of the whole book. Like you shouldn't feel like you're being pulled out of the story. You know, you, you yeah. have to open the page, and yes, you've got all the boring credits and. Um, publisher info at the beginning but it has to feel like it's part of the world yeah. you know you finish the book at the end and if you've got back matter sketches next issue you're like you still want it to feel like it's part of that world sure. you don't want to be completely like immediately taken out abruptly mm. because you've got all this extra info you want to feel like it's an extension of that yeah you want it to be as immersive as reading the yeah. book effectively yeah exactly but like, um, is, is for you like again so I don't, you know, I'm not a designer like you are but if I'm doing like if I'm a cover artist on a on a series like I do a Punisher or um, Dead Man Logan, for me I want it. I want you to know what the comic what the comic is. Like you can recognize what the comic is. Yeah. It'll always be a new image, but you can go. You can I I'd look at the image and go. I know what book that is. It's not like it's like the same image you've seen before, but you just get a sense of what the identity of the book is. Yeah. You know, that's what I try to, like not with every cover, variance doesn't work, but like if, if I get to be like the cover artist on a book, that's my, I'm trying to come up with an identity for the book. And I imagine it's like similar when you're doing the logo. Yeah, exactly. And I find it really useful having any pitch documents that they might have used, mm-hmm. um, any like the one pager summaries of yeah. the story, um, any artwork that, people might have if there's a cover that's great um on the other hand like it can be it can be easy to do it without um like on the on motherlands they didn't have they didn't have nailed down what which artist they were going to use so we didn't know what the the cover art was going to look like um so so you knew the writer thankfully i so. did know the writer very very fortunately so in bed you pulled him in the stomach and said, what's the story what is this about but no it was really nice i actually working with like, andy curry kind of let me be quite experimental with what we did in the end. Um, and that almost seemed to uh, affect how Eric Kennett, um, who did the final cover oh, yeah. artwork, beautiful art, um, it almost seemed to inform the style of what he did. Yeah, yeah, um, really. Because immersed. we had these like tag- taglines on the front, which mm. you don't, you know, you don't normally get that kind of, um, you know, little pull quotes of. Uh, leading into the story you don't yeah. get that kind of uncover in such a um, normally um so that was really that was a really interesting process um but then again like working someone cry havoc i worked with ryan kelly using his uh, he did this beautiful ink um just black ink on on, on paper or just no all the different it was all the different characters yeah yeah they were lovely they were really nice beautiful beautiful um inks and i ended up being the one that sort of like i took bits of them and i'd put them together and sort of almost like 
collage them together and then did some did the, the colouring essentially over the top. So that was more than just your standard design. But you also did, I mean, I know this because I did one of them, you did this thing where the issue numbers, you design them so that the number is like the primary, like, graphic elements yeah, that was and the, the illustration had to work around that like that's that was I mean it was, it was like it was it was a bit of a pain to try and make it work I was going to say did it, how did you find it because um, <laughs> no, it, was, it was a pain in the arse um, <laughs> but not like but only because you know uh, you when something if I worked see. digitally it would have been much much easier you know so yes. I don't work digitally yeah. so I had to try and I think I like blew up the image on a JPEG and I lightboxed the number and then tried to draw around that but then you scan it and it doesn't exactly oh, match. So it's, it's just no, no, no. That's fine. Like, but it, it's it's um. I've probably talked about it on this podcast before, but I find those things interesting challenges. Like yes. um, and especially in creator on comics, where you can kind of do whatever you want, you can get a little bit um, just complacent. You're like, ah, it's just it's, yeah. I can do whatever I want. So, but sometimes I find restrictions are actually a lot more. Um, they force you to come up with solutions to problems. Yeah. Like like the Punisher covers. Um, you know, I made rules for myself on that, which was don't never show him, never show him fully, and work the skull into the composition somehow, nice. and have a story element. Because mm. to me, Punisher is scarier when you don't see him. And I made the, I mean, that wasn't editorial at all. That was me doing yeah. it to myself. And as a result, it for, I had to, you know, it stopped me from just doing a shot of him with a gun, which is what I didn't want to do. But you know, it can happen sometimes. So by by making those personal rules. It stopped me. And the same with uh, Dead Man Logan. I had a very specific color scheme. It was very specific. The way we did the logo, it was more of a thin image than it was a, it was a tall and thin rather than wide. Mm. And, you know, they can be restrictive, but it forces you to kind of think outside the box a little sometimes, I think. Yeah, definitely. I think sometimes restrictions are the, the best way to have something more creative. Yeah. Um, like I, I never I would have done... when people say to you, just like, oh, go what? do whatever you want, because then you just have... I think that like, can be, yeah, it yeah. is. Like, or even with convention sketches, someone's like, oh, whatever you want. Oh, I'm God. just standing there going, I have no idea. Mm. Like, you know, and you're like, what, what do you like? Like, no, 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 really, whatever you want. I know they're trying to be nice, but you're actually fucking me over right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's nothing more terrifying than someone saying, here's a blank page, just do it, do something that you're like, oh, but yeah, that's why, like But that's why you want to read the brief, and that's why you want to know what yeah. it's about. And like, what, yeah. sometimes, I don't know if it happens to you where where you have so many creative options. It's just good to know what you can't do. Mm. You know? What you can't do is you can't do a landscape image because it's portrait. Fine. So yes. I, sometimes sometimes it's the, the it, like it's the shape of the image is where you start with. Mm. Like, okay, I know what it can be. And it just limiting what the options are helps you kind of figure out what you actually want to do. Yes, definitely. Uh, yeah, I've, I've, I think I've... Knowing, knowing that some you've got all these restrictions, then also kind of sometimes lets you break those rules. Mm. So that was why it was fun to do the the big number pieces for um, Quite Havoc because you know it's it's not usual to make your to shrink your comics logo down to like be insignificant in comparison to the rest of the stuff on the page. Yeah. But but it kind of worked. And I think yeah, it, was it worked. Just, and it was, like, it was a more interesting way of having variant covers because you had like mm. big names like Cameron Stewart and um, mm. John Staples and like you know. I came in at number four. That's fine. I mean, it's, it wasn't one, two, or three. It was four. It's fine. But um, but I mean, like uh, you know, I had an image in mind, and it worked with the composition, and like that was it was in, it was an interesting yeah, experiment. It and it's nice. Like I do the same thing with the injection variants, where I just try to make it an illustrative challenge. Yeah. So it's not like it's not going to be necessarily a super cool image, but I get to kind of experiment. And mm. if that's what you want to read, or that's the cover you want to get, that's great. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's good to just flex those muscles sometimes. Like, um, but do you, I mean that's probably one of the most like inventive ones you've done. But that was a while yeah. ago. Like, do you get frustrated that you're not able to kind of? I just think um, I was lucky that. But what about the um, trade of coffin bound? You want to do like? Would you go like? Let's make it a coffin. I, I mean, I I just I haven't necessarily had the had those conversations with other people. Like you know, you guys had had a clear idea on Savage Town of, of yeah. what you wanted. Um, and but I think, but you know, but you remember you threw in stuff I never would have thought of, like the the leopard screen, the leopard uh, pattern yes. inside of the book. I yes. love that. Like I never, I never would would have thought of that. You know, it's it's one thing I like about because again, Mooney, again, we're talking to Mooney, so why don't you just do it yourself? What I do like about working with other people is they'll come up with stuff mm. that you just you know isn't your idea, and you can be a dick about it and go, nah, it's not my idea. 
or you can go actually it's a pretty good idea I'll take credit for that <laughs> yeah it's it is fun I do I would like to do something um a bit more experimental again um I haven't really talked to uh Dan and Danny about that with Coffee Bell but frankly Danny's work is just so stunning I wouldn't yeah, you yeah. know I wouldn't want to I wouldn't want to mess with that like I mean mm. Potentially, I'd like to talk to them about if we do another series, what if we can do something with the covers? Like one thing that I have done with the with the first four issues is that if you put all the backs, if you lay them out um, oh, really? together, it has in the background behind all the text, it has the coffin bound logo across. Oh, all cool! Four. I didn't know that. I like doing little things like yeah, that. Yeah, sure. Like on um, on the angelic covers, um, there are these little hexagons that um, I kind of use as a motif throughout the Elaborate, whole design. Yeah, yeah. And they were taken from Casper's um, design for the phase cat, gotcha. which is this kind of mm-hmm. creepy little cat thing that phases around. Um, and the again, if you lay them down, the hexagons all match up across ah, the covers. So, so, so it's just little shit. subtle, subtle things. So if yeah. you do get the ish, single issues, mm-hmm. um, then you kind of get that little reward, which is nice. Um, so, you know, it'd be nice to maybe suggest we do something like that. But frankly, I haven't had the brain space to think about it. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. So, and sometimes if something just occurs to me, I'll go, do you know what? That would be a great thing. Mm. Um, but I am, I do need to have that, that, those sort of, those moments to just let your brain drift. And sometimes you just like, something will just hit you. Yeah. Because um, at the moment I'm also working on um, a series of, um, uh, like a couple of books for the BBC. Um on science, oh, science books. Nice. Uh, I'm doing uh, design and illustration for um, a book about um, the solar system. So, that sounds like a lot of work. Yeah, 85 spreads. Of, okay. uh, and I've been learning like astrophysics and stuff. Well, it's, it's nice been... to get to learn too. <laughs> yeah, oh, there's been so much to learn. It's amazing. It's You're going to be one of the annoying person now just has to drop science facts in the <laughs> Did you know? Yeah, no, I do fucking right. know about that. Thank you very much. Oh my God. <laughs> do you even know how many moons there are in the world? It's amazing. Didn't they just find new ones? In, Not clues, in, in the solar system. There are so many. Yeah, Saturn yeah. just overtook Jupiter as having the most moons really? in the solar system. Yeah, Saturn's got even more moons than Jupiter. Take that, Jupiter. Yeah. It's been lowering it over all the other planets for too long. I know, man. Um, but yeah, so it's just amazing when you suddenly just look at the depth of uh, of it all. It does put things in perspective. Mm. And there's me worrying about getting my deadlines done, but actually, I'm, you know, I'm like, yeah. eh. those planets are going to move, though. Yeah, exactly. Uh, other mind blowing things: Jupiter's massive red spot. There, yeah. everyone, if you think of Jupiter, you think of like the big swelling blue, mm-hmm. like uh, red spot. It's a, it's a storm. It's not going to be there. Forever, like it's just going to die down really? in our lifetimes. It's not going to be there. So your image of Jupiter, Saturn's rings. We yeah. are so lucky that we can see Saturn's rings because in another like hundred million years, they're just not going to be there this because it's debris from a from a planet or a so planet. just kind of dissipate over time. Yeah, wow. and it also yeah. we're lucky that we exist at this time when we can see Saturn's rings. It's incredible. That's it's all bonkers. this kind of stuff. That's really I bonkers. I have loved this this working on. It's been amazing. Can't wait for it to come out, but it won't be out until how long, next yeah, year. How much longer do you have to work on it? Uh, well, I, I'm in another couple of months, a few months on that, um, but it won't be out until this time next year. So okay, that's the sort of the long, long game in nice. publishing. Um, I can't wait to see it done, but yeah, trying to balance that and everything else is is, a, is an interesting hurdle. So. It's going well. Do you, do you think it's a good time for design in comics? Like with say, you know, like what Tom's done and uh, you and Jared Fletcher. And there's a lot of like really good designers doing Yeah, comics. I think so. Um, and um, uh, I would say Becca Carey. Yeah. Um, she's, um, you know, she's coming into her own yeah. as well. Um, I think, I think that there's some really beautiful stuff out there. And I think a lot of that is down to the rise of image and and other other um yeah you can just hire whoever, whoever you want on the image book you can just go i want to do this and you do it and then it's done yeah and and, and then they get hired by companies but also because you're not you're not constrained in the way that a lot of um titles in for the big two are because they've also got movie franchises and tie-ins yeah. and they're you know they're like you can't mess with these franchises because they have wider like context yeah. and there are legal issues um, and things like, well, so when you're coming into a book that exists in its own right, it's, it's a new IP, 
you can be more experimental. Yeah. Um, and I think more people are aware of like graphic design and, and also, how think, it can affect but, sales. But I think people are like, yeah, I mean, you know, there is a sales reason to hire Tom Muller. Yeah. And now you he know? has, yeah, he has a huge following as well. Yeah, no, he, he does. So, so that's an element in which you can add a, an extra heat to a book by having the foresight to hire somebody mm. who's going to make your, look, your book look. Yeah, and he's earned that right. Like his stuff sure. is incredible. So. Weirdly, yeah. I, I, I know Tom uh, from so before comics. I, we, we actually all the film marketing stuff. Yeah, we worked oh, on. Of course, right. Well, I guess it makes um, sense. That way. But also, like you know, I think especially with image books, it's people want they want something different. They want to see yeah. something completely different. So when you are experimental, it only enforces how different the books are yeah. and makes them more more appealing. It can be difficult convincing people to go outside of what they think of as being comics though yeah. sometimes I think you can you can have these ideas that you're like oh, I really want to do this I want to see this and it, if the person if the creators don't then get behind you because they don't necessarily they can't see how that is beneficial to their comic then you have to just step back and go okay you know what it, it, it's your it's your thing it's your baby uh, we won't we won't do that now yeah um, and hope that someone is yeah like you think uh, oh these oh these nutty artists they'll be totally bored of my 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 more ambitious idea yeah. like, no 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 we're gonna be very conservative yeah or because they <laughs> want to be say, experimental with that art yeah, and you can't, yeah, yeah. you don't want to step all over an artist's work because yeah. it has to work with their art to show it off to the best sure. of, of their abilities. Like, I was super lucky that Ryan just let me cut up his image and colour it how the hell, the hell I wanted. Yeah, but it definitely made a more interesting covers as a, as a result, you know. Thank I mean, I don't know if I would be as open to that. I think I'd want that conversation beforehand. Mm. Um, but then again, I don't know. I guess it depends. You know, it depends who's doing it. It depends how it's done. Yeah, he, um, he was just. I think he. I was really lucky that. I mean, I've never actually met Ryan in person. I really wanted to. I met him once. But, um, yeah, he's just. He was so supportive and so just sort of like, hey, um, just do what you want. And for all I know, he was sitting there going, oh God, what is she doing? This is horrendous. But he just was positive about it. So. But then, I think some artists come to the image and they're just excited to see their stuff being seen mm. differently you know yeah. I think I think if you're smart you're prepared to see some change in your work but you know a lot of us are very we do get very yeah like too. it was different working with Casper because he is someone who does have a very design focused uh, way of working anyway yeah. you know from his work out, sort of outside of comics so um, I think I was lucky that I convinced Casper that we needed it. They needed a designer in the first place. So, yeah, yeah. Because Casper did all the work on Limbo. Yeah, and he also was a very, very clear design approach as well. Yes. You know? Yeah. Like he knew exactly what he wanted, but at the same time, I think he would agree that he he wouldn't necessarily have created the the logo that I did. Yeah. Um, and whether or not you know whether he's happy with it, I think he's happy with it. Um, it can be good to have those extra different ideas coming yeah. in from, from an external view. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I learned that's why you have an editor as well. Yeah, yeah. Or look, even, I mean, I did learn to the same thing with a colorist or, you know, a writer with an artist. Mm. Like, if there's a good idea on the table, just take it. Yeah. You know? Um, but, uh, that's the, that's the, that'll be the mantra for this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Steel. Steel. Yeah. Steel. Yeah. Iterate. Yeah. 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 Um, I'll, I'll wrap it up. Um, but, uh, uh, thanks a million for uh, taking the time away from your child. You abandoned your child to talk to me. <laughs> I'm sorry, um, he sees me now. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, thank, thanks a million. No, thank you. It's been amazing. Thanks for listening to Tape Deck. Tape Deck is presented by Declan Shalvey and produced by Michael Doig. If you enjoyed the episodes, please share and subscribe on whatever way you listen to your podcasts. Till next time, you just got decked. Decked.